I'm so excited to bring this week's interview to you. Tom Monahan, founder of Domino's Pizza, is 86 years old. So I want you to push away your distractions and give this one a careful listen. He's got a lifetime of wisdom to share. And at some points in this interview, he shocked me with how vulnerable he was. We track how he rose from being in an orphanage to trading pizzas for dental work to being the founder of Domino's, arguably the founder of fast food delivery in general, and a billionaire, and how he went, more importantly, from being a billionaire to conquering his pride and taking what he called a, quote, millionaire's vow of poverty. There are just so many nuggets in this interview with Tom Monahan that I can apply to my own life as a father and as a guy running a business, and I really hope it blesses you too, but you got to give it your focus and attention. It's an incredible time that I, I got to share with him. I kick off the interview with some smartphone audio that I just, it's a little, it's a little fuzzy, but I had to include it for you guys. I was in a Mexican restaurant with some people who know Tom personally uh, and whose, whose families knew him and have some great backstory stuff. And then finally, I answer a great question for one of our viewers. How do I answer people who say that conservative Christians are too hung up on sexual morality? I know it has nothing to do with the interview, but I love just taking your questions and, and, and answering them. But before we jump into this interview, two notes. Number one, Missionaries of Joy, you guys make all this work happen. I want to thank you so much. And if you're not a Missionary of Joy yet, please go to reallifecatholic.com and become one. It's our monthly supporters that make all this work possible. And then second, another sponsor plug. Since much of Tom's success is about focusing where God is calling him to focus, I want to offer you one more time a chance to kick your biggest distraction. My friends at Wise Phone are offering followers of this show a $75 discount if you pre-order your Wise Phone 2. Kick your phone addiction. Go to go.techless.com forward slash Chris. That's G-O dot T-E-C-H-L-E-S-S dot com forward slash Chris and enter discount code C-H-R-I-S, discount code Chris, my name in all caps, to get that discount and much more. Whew! Let's jump in this week on The Chris Stefanik Show. Again, starting off in a Mexican restaurant, fuzzy audio, and then into my interview with Tom. God bless you. So some Tom Monahan backstory that I had to grab right now. And by the way, I'm at a Mexican restaurant with Pete Barak. Did I say your name right? Close enough. Yeah, Barak. Yeah. Yeah. And he works at Renewal Ministries. Incredible. Check them out online. And the legendary Mark Vindorf, <laughs> president of Ave Maria, and uh, Joey and Natalie. Anyway, Pete was telling me that his grandpa, uh, when, when Tom was building Domino's and was dead broke, your grandpa what now? So my grandpa was the local Catholic dentist in town, and he arranged a situation or a, a barter system with Mr. Monahan that he would do his dental work for Domino's Pizza. So my mom, uh, when she was, I think, in high school, remembers the doorbell ringing on a Friday afternoon, and there was Mr. Monahan with some Domino's Pizzas in exchange for the dental work that uh, he received, and um, that relationship like flourished, and they ended up doing mission work all over the world together. So when he was when he was dead broke, he was that focused on I'm just going to keep my business, and needed to trade pizza for dental work. <laughs> keep at it, guys. Keep at your dreams. Uh, but also, he, Tom had shared in our interview um, how he 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 became aware that he was being driven by greed and by pride. And I did, he, Tom did not share this, but Pete lives in the town where this happened. So tell me about the house he left half finished. Yeah. So there's this. 
mansion basically that exists in the northern parts of Ann Arbor that Tom was, so the story goes, that Tom was building in the height of his success and when he had this reversion, this, this deepening, uh, this awakening of faith, he stopped the construction and just left it there as a, as a monument, as a reminder really probably to the temptation of greed. And so you have to kind of look for it now. It's pretty overgrown, but we've actually, like when I was working with the Dominican sisters, we actually took a bunch of students there to show them this, this house and what, what material success can look like, but also how fleeting it is and how quickly it gets overgrown. I have one little story to add to that. Yeah. So the, the first time I met Tom, I went to his office down here in, uh, by Naples, and uh, above where we were meeting was this massive sign that said Gyrene Burgers. And I'm like, well, our mascot's the Gyrene. It's after the Marines. And uh, I'm like, Tom, what's that? He goes, oh, that was a, a business venture that failed. And I use it as a reminder that not all my ideas are good and uh, it, for, for humility. So we're gonna put that sign in the new field house that we were gonna be opening up in January. That is so cool. Anyway, I had to just bring in those, some of those backstories about the legendary Tom Monahan. Tom Monahan, thank you so much for your time. Really honored to sit down and talk with you. Uh, and thank you for all the pizza through the years. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people don't know your story, and people can presume that uh, when someone's really successful, that they had that handed to them. Uh, your childhood did not set you up for success in the way people would think. Tell me that story. Tell me about it. Well, my parents were poor. This is uh, still in the Depression. And my uh, uh, dad died he was, uh, when he was 29. 29. And, and I was about four and three quarters. My mother uh, really couldn't handle two boys, so we were in a, in a Catholic orphanage for six years. Was you 12. were in a Catholic orphanage for six years? Yes, and I was 12. And then um, and I was in about six foster homes, mostly farms. When I turned 18, I was on my own, supporting wow. myself. You were on your own by 18? You remember your dad vividly, even though you were oh, poor. Oh yeah, yeah, he's my hero. <laughs> That's awesome. You still feel close to I your do, dad? I do, I do. You yeah. feel like he's been looking out for you, praying for you? I think so. I, I believe he's in heaven. He, he, he certainly had the last rites. And, Beautiful. Yeah. What, what was formative for you? I know um, some of the orphanages and foster homes you were in were run by priests and nuns. Well, they are there twice, but not the foster home. Okay. They were individual families, usually, usually farms. Okay. And uh, I liked farm life. I liked to work doing chores, milking cows. I yeah. still got my own system. <laughs> so that set you up for success. <laughs> Farming kids are some of the best kids. Yeah, they, they actually work. Yeah, you know? yeah. No offense to the other kids at, the, at Ave Maria University. Starving or behind the camera. Three, too. <laughs> yeah. Was, was there a particular uh, priest or nun in your experience in the orphanage? that was formative for you? Oh yes, uh, my uh, uh, first or second grade teacher, uh, we had, because we had their early grades in the orphanage, and uh, was uh, like my mother, my father, my teacher, wow. and, uh, and she was very encouraging to me, and uh, I was sort of her pet in the, in the, in the top of the class. Uh, I remember one occasion, uh, they asked us what we wanted to be when we grew up, and. Uh, and I said, I wanted to be a priest, I wanted to play shortstop for the Tigers, and I wanted to be an architect. 
All three. <laughs> all three. Yeah, the kids all laugh. It's so silly, and the sisters say, "Well, Tommy, if uh, uh, no one's ever done that before, but if you if you really want to do it, you can do it." That's kind of encouragement I got from her. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. So you then, you've always let yourself dream big. Yeah. Well, part of it was because I was in in, in the orphanage, and in, in those days everybody was living with their family. Yeah. Uh, and um, and I uh, felt I was kind of couldn't wait till I got up and got on my own. I said, when I get up on my own, I'm going to make my own life, and I'm going to make something of it. Meanwhile, I really limited what I can do. Uh, so I used to dream about what I was going to do. I'm a, I'm a, I, I do a lot of dreaming, because, wow. partly because I didn't like situations I was in at the time. So basically, I've lived most of the dreams. Yeah, seriously lived them. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, I've been wondering this about you. Most people have kind of a filter that stops their dreams or limits their dreams. And I mean, you started one of the biggest businesses in in North America, and certainly the biggest pizza company. Uh, you founded the town we're in, and I'm wondering about you. Like, where's your where's your filter that said I can't do that? <laughs> Even after succeeding at Domino's. Uh, the audacity of thinking, I'm going to build a town in the middle of a swamp. Like, since the Middle Ages, not many people have built towns. When you think about it and you plan it, and I, I do a lot of writing, I, I, I think through the end of a ballpoint pen. I just go through reams of uh, legal pads and, and I get ideas that way. And, mm. uh, and then one idea spurs another and another. And, uh, uh, so I think with that, you come up with a lot of things other people wouldn't think of. And when you think about... Uh, uh, things that you want to do down the road, uh, you're uh, not afraid to pull the trigger because you can already see it. You already know what you're doing. I've always had a hard time uh, with my staff uh, uh, trying to explain what I wanted to do. I'm, I'm a better uh, dreamer than I'm an articulator. And mm. so uh, <laughs> a lot of times afterwards they say, now I see what you had in mind. Wow. Uh, and, uh, so yeah. you just see it and, and think, yeah, it's totally doable. It doesn't. It doesn't occur to you that this is this is too radically big <laughs> to attempt. It just. No, it just seems clear. Just about everything I've done was uh, very disappointed. <laughs> Wasn't quite big enough. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so it's not. It's not just dreams and visions, but there's also disciplines for life that that actually help you get there. Can you tell me about you? Your five rules for life and where those developed. And your, I know you were in the Marines for a while. Yeah, and I talk about a filter that. Uh, that's sort of a filter because you have to uh, you have to have rules so you don't go uh, berserk. My uh, uh, and I was a board ship in the Marine Corps. We were stuck out in the middle of the Pacific because we had a, a rudder problem, and then we had to uh, go very slow to get back to the port. And I had nothing to do, so I was thinking about all the things I was going to do when I got out of the Marine Corps, all the things I was going to have, and how I was going to get it. Wait, how and, long were you stuck out there? Oh, I think we were at sea for about, uh, uh, I think the trip is usually about 11 days. We were out there about, uh, probably about two, three weeks. Wow. And, um, and I was thinking about uh, great things I was going to do and be. I, I thought, so what? Does it make me happy? Does it, does it mean anything? Uh, and uh, so I said, well, what is important? And uh, so I, I just the process, I figured, well, uh, if I lost my health, I'd give every penny I had to get it back. Yeah. So my health has to be more important than my pocketbook. 
And I'd much rather be a, a person who uh, is bedridden but has a sound mind than be someone that uh, has, a, has a body of a Greek god and nothing between his ears. And then the next one as well, the most important thing is relationships with other people. The practice, practice the golden rule, and particularly with your family. And so I said, now I'm getting somewhere. Now I understand. But then all of a sudden I realized someday I'm going to die. I'm either going to go to heaven or I'm going to go to hell. And I'm not uh, instinctively holy, but I just knew that uh, I better, uh, I, I'm, I'm selfish, I don't want to go to hell. Yeah. So I wanted to be a good Catholic, first and foremost. So I always knew that that's uh, what I should do. I haven't always uh, yeah. divided by it, but that's, uh, so that's my five priorities, spiritual, social, mental, physical, and financial. But they have to be in that order. I did very well at the bottom too. I'm still working on the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you, you have a you have a, a heart that's naturally given to wonder. I mean, you, you all these vi grand visions you've had for the things you've accomplished, and that they're not even as big as you had envisioned, right? Um, coupled with that that disciplined mind, uh, there's there's an incredible focus that's actually making these dreams happen. And I can see you can see that focus. Anybody who knows about dominoes can articulate pretty quickly what the whole thing's about. Just get me a good pizza within 30 minutes or so. That's it, right? Um, has that part of your personality come naturally for you? Because it's, it's also in other areas of your life. The, the, way, you, the way you donate. I mean, like, you, you, I'm going to build a town and a university. Boom. Um, your push-up routine. I'm sorry, I'm sorry i got to call this out. You hold the record for the amount of push-ups done in this, <laughs> on this campus, right? It's uh, over 400 push-ups without stopping. Yeah. And yesterday morning, how many did you do without stopping? 105. And he's 86 years old, folks. 105 push-ups. But there's, there's a focus that drives the things that you do. Is that something you've had to fight for? Or is that something that's come naturally to you? Just the ability to, to home uh, in on something? I guess I've just been lucky that I uh, uh, created some good habits. And I guess I had the roadmap, uh, those five priorities, to, uh, to give me some guidance. Because I'm... I've got all the, the, the wrong instincts. I, I, uh, I go b overboard on everything. Really? And uh, I, I need. Uh, uh, some people say I'm disciplined. I say I'm. I'm I have all these uh, rules for myself because I'm so undisciplined. I need something. Wow. It's a matter of survival for me. <laughs> wow. So you you put the the banks on your own river. <laughs> that's really that's really cool. I'm just I'm just uh, just. Mulling it over. This is this inspiring stuff, man. Um, okay, so money does not buy happiness. You experience more worldly success than most people will ever get. I mean, you, you sold Domino's for over a billion dollars 30 years ago, so today that's even way more. Um, a lot of people still have it in their head, money will make me happy, right? But the studies show when you give away money, that's what makes you happy. I don't know. I, I just want you to speak into that for a second, because you rarely sit down with someone who really can, can really knows that firsthand, right? Did you ever get in a in a in a place where, my gosh, I have all this money, I want to get more. I'm gonna I want to buy an island. I want to buy a jet. I want to buy all this stuff, and then experience like I did oh, all of it. You did all of it. <clears throat> so does it make I you have, happy? I have a whole. <laughs> I have a whole. Air Force, I mean, I, <laughs> and the Navy, yachts, and I had all the toys. That's incredible. But you, you know, I mean, now you don't even fly first class. My staff basically forced me to. They did, I, yeah. I told them I don't want to fly first class, but I keep getting the first class tickets. 
<laughs> so how do you go from the guy who can pretty easily get a private jet to a guy who's fighting your staff to say, I want to sit and coach? Um, what, what's the process? I mean, did you, did you, did you personally experience like, okay, I'm, I'm bored of the stuff and I'm, I'm more stoked on mission. I mean, it, what was that journey like? Well, I, uh, I read a book uh, by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity and they had a chapter in there on pride mm. and it uh, hit me right between the eyes because I, uh, I never liked people that were show-offs, but I realized I'm the, I'm the biggest show-off in the world. I'm only trying to disguise it like I'm not. Wow. I justified all my toys. I had, uh, I'm, a, I'm great at justifying things. Wow. And, um, uh, and, uh, and he, uh, he said, basically, uh, you don't want just more, you want more than others. And mm. that's what hit me between the eyes. Um, uh, and I want to sell more pizzas than anybody, make more money than anybody, have a larger yacht than anybody, and plane and uh, houses and the whole bit. And, um, and I, I, I didn't like that. And I realized I'm a closet show-off. And uh, wow. I thought, I'm probably, I'm, pride's the worst of all sins. So I, I'm the worst guy in the world. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. So I couldn't sleep. I thought about it as a kid because I, I'm not a natural athlete, but I always did pretty well. But I hustled, and I loved sports. And, and why did I uh, risk my body and make the great play? So I would say, nice play, Tom. Wow. And, uh, and when I was in business and we were living in a little trailer and, uh, and I was uh, wearing old clothes, old beat uh, uh, up delivery cars, uh, and I was, I was uh, sacrificing everything for the business. Uh, so that uh, it could grow faster and then so I could have more later. I mean, that, that's uh, uh, more what? More than... You just realized the futility of it all, of yeah. having more stuff. Yeah, that, that's C.L.S. Lewis. And then I took, took what I call a millionaire's wild poverty. I Tell gave me what up that all, is. I gave up all the toys. I don't drive luxury cars anymore. I had, you know, all kinds of cars, Rolls Royces, Bentleys, a whole bit. And, um, and one day I told my wife, she had a, a Jaguar and a, and a cat like I said, honey, why don't you maybe get a Buick or something? She said, you took the vow, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. I really, I really, it, was, it was really a release. Yeah, of that, uh, a release, so you yeah. felt a freedom from yeah. that. Yeah. Wow, wow. Cause I, I, I feel sorry for people that uh, are living like that. And, it, and you don't impress people. You think you're going to impress people, but no. you don't. Yeah. No, I, I could see, I, I, if I, you know, I could see what fires you up. It's not stuff. It's, it, let me look at what you've done here, man. I mean, this, this university is incredible. I'm seeing kids' lives changing. It was incredible talking to this freshman last night. Like, that, that's worth more than all the stuff in the world. Oh, sure. How did, and you strike me as incredibly humble. So it's, it's good to know that that came from a battle with pride. Because I'm looking at you thinking, like, not, not many people get to live in a town they built. And I'm thinking, how does that not get to his head? Because no one, you know, no, you're walking down the street, you're not accompanied by an entourage. Like, no one would really know, looking at you from 50 feet away, that the, this guy built the town he's walking through. <laughs> well, I'm not a very big guy. Yeah. <laughs> and now I am old. Yeah. But it doesn't get to, it doesn't get to your head. Any, anymore. Like, you feel like well, you won that battle with pride? My wife was pretty good at that. She was good at deflating yeah, your ego. Yeah, let's see what happens now. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. 
how how is your spirit changing now too as you um you know you look at the trajectory of life the things you've accomplished and you know you're 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 86 now you and you've recently lost your wife and I'm really sorry um but do you feel your your priorities getting even more pure as you get older and you you near where everybody's going well i think uh um yeah, I don't have a family anymore, so I can I can be totally dedicated to doing things for the kingdom. Wow! I can travel anywhere. I really couldn't do that. I couldn't travel the last three months of my life. I couldn't even be away overnight. And yeah. so now I can go anywhere in the world. You want to have a a, a fundraising cruise uh, anywhere in the world? I'll I'll be there. I would like to be on that fundraising cruise with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, you we don't have any money. <laughs> I want to land on this. What would you say to, to just a young person who uh, looks at a guy like you and looks at what you accomplished and, and is, is starting to form the dreams for their life? Um, sometimes those dreams get sucked into worldly priorities uh, or sometimes they're, they're gauged by the wrong uh, you know, metrics for success or the wrong intentions, um, but as a, as a young person, any university student walking around here, start starting to dream, what's one big piece of advice you, you give them? Well, first of all, I have, I have a priority of somebody like mine, and, uh, and, and as far as business goes, uh, have a big dream and be willing to start small, mm. and in the beginning, uh, live under the poverty level, make long-term decisions, not short-term decisions. Um, which very few businessmen do. Make long-term decisions. Yeah. And that's the advantage of being a private company. Mm. You know, and having a vision, I always knew where I wanted to go. And so it was easy to make the uh, sacrifices because uh, it was worth it because uh, the prize was big. Yeah. And I had a business that uh, it was, you know, I basically created it, the pizza delivery business. It didn't exist really when, when, when I was... Uh, Started when I was 23 wow. years old. That didn't exist. Uh, there were some ma and pa's, but there was no change. That's incredible. It's the hardest. It's hardest part of the food business. So I had to come up with ways to make delivery work because wow. it, it really wasn't profitable. I mean, everything's delivered now, and that's probably in part because you started a pizza delivery <laughs> process that people like that became like something we all do. Well, I had to overcome all the obstacles of it. You know, the first one used a corrugated box. First one to use conveyor ovens. Uh, a lot of things we had to create to. Wow. I had to come up with a special franchise system that worked because the usual one doesn't. You can't have absentee owners uh, yeah. uh, uh, running a, a delivery business because it's too tough. All wow. your business comes in a very short period of time and you got to be ready for it. That to me was exciting, handle the rush. And that's all I talked about for the 38 years was handling the rush, trying to figure out. Ways to do that. Wow, um, you're uh, you're a man of incredible vision, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful most of all that you have an, an eternal vision that guides everything you do in life and, and encompasses all the other other smaller visions that you've had. Uh, so thanks for that witness. It's edifying. Well, the one that we have now on the Ave Maria is to build a, a beacon for other Catholic schools because. You know, most of them have lost their way, and, oh, yeah. and, I, and I think they need a role model, and that's what, uh, that's what uh, we want to do here. Yeah, that's, and we got the yeah. quite right leadership and to do it. Yeah, Mark's amazing. Yeah. So you've gotten the accusation before that you're too Catholic. Uh, yeah. How do you respond to that? 
Well, uh, uh, well, we don't think we're too Catholic, yeah. but we're working on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I five to that one. <laughs> oh man. Okay, what's one thing that that my audience can do for you? Well, uh, one thing that is more important than anything, and because I think uh, you know, we, uh, our, I believe that our school is the school that the devil hates the most. Mm. So we're going to need a lot more prayer mm. than the average school because we're going to be a big target. Yeah. And so I. I ask people just to pray for us, and Ave for Ave every day would be uh, the best thing that uh, your audience can do. For us. Thanks, brother. Okay, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank you. Well, you're you're certainly vegan. Thank you so much, brother. Really, it was an honor talking to you. Really inspiring. Mm -hmm. Thank you. All right, guys. I'd love to include a little question and answer in that we get from people who are watching our show. And by the way. I probably give you whiplash while you're watching the show because you're like, where wasn't he just in Florida and now I'm in California with Pat Lencioni. Hello. Hey, and Karen and Matt Lencioni. We're actually, oh, real quick, uh, we're starting a daily podcast. That's why I'm here in California right now. Um, so stay tuned into all our stuff. Sign up for a newsletter to make sure you get that. Go to reallifecatholic.com, sign up for the newsletter. But here's the question. Okay, before I hop back to myself in Florida, <laughs> closing the show. It's kind of awkward being the host and the personality where it's like, hey, Chris, now to you, Chris. Uh, anyway, here's the question I got. How do I answer the question, why are conservative Christians so hung up about sexual morality instead of caring about things like social justice? It's hilarious. I'm talking to a microphone that I, I don't need right now. Uh, okay. People who would ask that question don't understand the connection of sexual immorality to all matters of justice and fairness to other people. And I read this this morning in Thessalonians. This kind of blew my mind. Paul was talking about how we have to be sexually pure. And he said, in this matter, no one should wrong or take advantage of a brother or sister by being impure. Here's what happens when you don't respect the sexual rules that the church sets up or that are found in the Bible. You do injustice to other people. So people who are okay with living without sexual morality are also by connection okay with children being born outside of wedlock with men taking advantage of women and not having to worry about the consequences of their night of fun. They're okay with ruining relationships socially that someone might be a homewrecker who's a buddy of yours who's coming into the house and might be checking out your wife. Really, you're okay with that? Uh, that, that these people would be okay with people taking advantage of positions of power or authority, whether they're a coach or a teacher or, God forbid, a priest, right? We're going to overlook all the social implications of people not sticking to, to certain lanes and ways we can expect the right behavior from each other when it comes to sexual morality. Dude, if, if we overlook the importance of that, we overlook the importance, frankly, of human relationships and just order in society. This is why missionaries, it wasn't because they had scruples about, about body parts. It's because they wanted an ordered society. This is why Catholic missionaries throughout history harped on this kind of issue, that you want to follow the Lord and build a good society and world. you got to follow certain rules with what you do with your parts. So... Did that answer the question well? That's news to me. I love it. <laughs> Pat knew all this. You knew all this stuff. Yeah. Or, yeah, he knew all this stuff. But anyway, hope that helps uh, to give you some ammunition to answer your friend's questions. Guys, that artwork behind me, that's taken from the same quarry that Michelangelo's Pieta and the statue of David was quarried from. Mind-blowing. I don't know if you've heard the scripture, but you should have. It's beautiful. You are God's masterpiece. I love interviewing people and seeing a masterpiece that God's made, but it's not just so that they're inaccessible stories, it's to remind you 
that you are God's masterpiece. He's got a plan for your life and to take some clues from the successes of others for how to follow that plan. So I hope this interview inspired you today. Be sure to like and subscribe. And if you're not already, jump in and be part of this work. Become a missionary of joy by going to reallifecatholic.com and become a monthly supporter. I love you guys. Hope today inspired you. You inspire me. See you next time.